Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Shara McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, located on the South Shore, and I have been working as a full-time realtor and sales and marketing consultant for home buyers and home sellers for the past 15 years. My unique approach to assisting my clients to the next chapter of their lives is driven by being a team player and by offering them continuous training, education, advising, and mentoring. Every week, I will be providing you with real estate topics ranging from home buyer and home seller advice, legal matters, insurance binders, flood insurance concerns, home inspection questions, environmental worries like radon, lead paint, and mold, mortgages and loan programs, staging tips and ideas, real estate contracts, market trends, home values, and more. It's a talk radio show, and you can follow along online. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781 781- 837-4900. We love to talk real estate. If you missed any of our shows, you can listen on my podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me regarding your home sale or your home purchase, you can connect with me anytime at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. Hello to all my South Shore neighbors. This is Sharon McMara. You are listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McMara. Along with my team members, we have Melissa doing her thing here in the background, getting everything all set up on Facebook and all those great places where you can watch us live. We have some great guests with us tonight, so you're in for a good, good surprise tonight. Uh, We also have people Zooming in with us. So we have our other team member, Dustin Hughes, is uh, joining us from Boston. Hello there, Dustin. Hello. Hey, Dustin, I got to tell you, it really does look like you have a fake background there with all the plants. <laughs> you certainly have a green thumb for sure. So <laughs> it looks like the weather is nice in Boston. And weirdly, Lisa Cullity is not in studio today. She is doing her job to help us have some uh, social distancing. And I'm sure you have some great updates for us as well. Sure do. Perfect. And I know Ken said that he was going to log in, so I'm not sure how familiar he is with Zoom in the way. Oh, very. Okay. He's a veteran with me. Okay. I, but he did have another Zoom, so he could be getting out of that and getting back in here. So. Okay, perfect. So we'll have Ken McCormick, who is the acting chief of the fire department right now in Pembroke. So he's been with us. Lise, what is this, like our 11th week? Yeah, actually, we're, we could be at 12. No, I think this is 11. Next week will be 12. We'll be 12 weeks in. The record yeah. continues. so um yeah you've been with us every week and we've been talking about covid and yes this is a talk real estate radio show we did um a couple weeks ago took a little bit of a break from everything and we did talk real estate because uh there are a lot of impacts one of the things i've noticed is the impact on every single industry it doesn't matter who you are or what you are covid has had some type of a impact so it is one of the things where it doesn't matter what industry you pull out it is going to affect everybody um, I was saying earlier to our two in-house guests, I'm not going to give away their names yet, um, that you know my daughter actually graduated from BU Law School this past weekend, and we didn't really have anything planned. We just thought, well, we'll just have a little cookout with us. And then I talked to her that morning, and I could hear like the disappointment. It's like, can you imagine going four years at Notre Dame and Hingham <laughs> so you could get into a good college? You go to Fairfield University, four years, you graduate top of your class, Then you go to three years at BU Law School, 25th percentile of your class, 
And then at the end of all that, all you dare to do is wear a funny looking hat and a robe with a big thing on the back, a big hood. So we did an impromptu, I think within three hours, we put together a graduation ceremony for us. So I gave my first commencement speech. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> so and there's Mary. Mary is now home. She doesn't live too far from here. So she was here earlier when we had our guests. Uh, so Mary will be joining us. All right, perfect. So another regular every week is Lisa DeMilo from the WATV Traffic Center. Thanks, Sharon. The expressway southbound's all clear from top to bottom. You're looking at about nine minutes there. The northbound side's also a nine-minute ride from Braintree to Boston. Route 3 south is slow from the expressway to Union Street. The northbound side is tied up from Derby Street up to Route 18. The Sagamore and Bourne are both delay-free. And Route 24 south, you're looking at a 16-minute drive from 93 to 495. Traffic on the nines every morning. I'm Lisa DeMilo in the WATD Traffic Center. No phone calls, please. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. I love all the applause. I think it has something to do with our guests that we have here tonight. So uh, we are back. You are listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara and my team members. Again, I am Melissa Wallace here with me tonight. And we have all of our people joining us via Zoom. So you can see us live on Facebook as well. So tonight we have the honor again of having Mr. Tim Cruz with us. So thank you so much for being here again. You were here just a few weeks ago? Yes, I was. Nice yes. To be here. And so for people who don't know who he is, I can't imagine that that's actually a thing, but he is the Plymouth County um, DA, right? right? District Attorney, obviously. Um, and you were with us a couple of weeks ago and I was looking at our agenda for tonight and there are things on there. When you first came earlier, I was like, things that we're not thinking about. And this is what I was just saying about COVID. It's like, it is taking a role in certain things that we're not even aware of. And then we also have this evening uh, with us for the first time, um, we have Mr. Joseph McDonald, who is the Plymouth County Sheriff. Is that, is, is, am I supposed to say the high sheriff or something? <laughs> <laughs> the sheriff is just fine. Actually, Joe is just fine. Joe yeah. is just fine? Okay. We all just Joe. <laughs> just Joe. So you have no idea what you're in for tonight, Joe. So <laughs> just Joe. Um, so that's what we're going to do when we're out in the street now. From now on, we're going to say, yeah, well, my new friend, just Joe. Yeah, we'll like, oh, Joe was in the office. Just Joe. Okay. Yeah, just Joe. Exactly. So, um, Mel, can you actually, um, one of the things is, is I don't think that we have the right microphone in for you. So I'm going to switch with you and take care of that. So you can do a little more introductions here. Okay, perfect. Okay, now I have, now everyone can hear me. Um, yes, yeah, so tonight we're going to be continuing on, um, you know, with our COVID update. And um, Tim, we actually, we got a lot of great um, feedback after our show with you a couple of weeks ago. Everyone was super interested. I know I was very interested <laughs> in, in the topics that we were talking about. And, I, you know, we're going to be incorporating Joe into that continuation of what we were talking about, especially with the prisons and, and everything that's sort of going to be happening. And now that you know, uh, the governor made his announcement yesterday and we're starting to roll out into phase one, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about all that fun stuff, but we're going to have Josh Cutler joining us again. Um, he's been joining us for the past 11 weeks. Um, he's the Mass State Rep for um, for the sixth district, right? It's the sixth. Sixth um, Plymouth District, yep. Sixth Plymouth District. I can't, I'm like a tongue twister tonight. <laughs> you know, it's what she said. Um, so he'll be joining us um, around 6.30. 
Um, but but um, if you're listening to us, um, you know, on WATD on 95.9, okay, here's my microphone now. <laughs> um, you, we can, we're actually on uh, Facebook too. So if you want to go um, to any of the Connect pages or you can go to Boston Connect Real Estate or the McNamara Broker Team, um, you can watch us live via Zoom on there. But um, but yeah, so we we sort of we have a few minutes before Josh joins us. So um, we do have a list of things that um, that we want to talk. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on ninety five nine WATD. And hello to all our South Shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable with Boston Connect Real Estate's broker team. My name is Melissa Wallace, and I am in studio with two of my team members tonight, Mary hey. Baker and Dustin hello, Hughes. Hello hello. hello, hello. And we are joined via Zoom by our fearless leader, Sharon McNamara. I think she can hear me right now. Sharon? Hello. Hello. There we are. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, we can hear you. Okay. Well, it says Mark McNamara. You didn't give me the um, chance to change my name, so... You'll have to change my name so everyone doesn't think I'm Mark. There's only one Sharon. We'll never mistake her. <laughs> well, here I am. Yay. How are you guys doing? Um, we're doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I don't know where Dustin is, our other team member. So, yeah, he needs uh, the new Zoom um, invite. We got awesome. to Josh as well. So Josh Cutler is going to be joining us um, probably in about 10 minutes, a little bit after um, Lisa DeMila does the, the, the traffic. Lisa Hopefully has already done her traffic. We're good on that. You already did it. Oh, look at us. Oddly, I heard her. Mm, oh, I you did? Her. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I could hear her from Edgartown. That's where I am. So. Yeah. We actually did that on purpose so you would be able to communicate. I miss Lisa. I know. I know. So um, I know that we're waiting for Dustin to log back in. What do we have for show? I know we have uh, Josh uh, checking in with us and we have phase three. So I'm sure he'll have some exciting news to share with us. And then um, what else do we have cooking for tonight? Tonight, um, we are going to be talking about, you know, should you wait to purchase a home or put your house on the market or should you do it this year considering everything that's going on? Um, I think, you know, spoiler alert, we're realtors. So, you know, we <laughs> always encourage people to buy and sell now, um, not so much wait, but we'll we'll go over some of those uh, some of those pros and cons maybe and, and what, what people should do from our approach. Professional opinions. Now that we have the new roundtable uh, <laughs> round discussion. That. Discussion Look. format. Yeah. I, I'm logged in as Mark because you're logged in as me back at the studio. Um, so I'm not able to change my background or do any of that. So um, here I am on vacation. Got a pretty cool background though, Sharon, I got to say. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Maybe I'll, give you, I'll give you another view while we're here. We're all in, right? So Right. <laughs> yeah. Big thumbs up to the big man behind you, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Beverage. Yes. Bevy. Yeah. How's that for a background? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> the American flag going. Yeah. All right. So um, where do you guys want to start? Because I know what time is it right now? We should have Josh in a few more minutes. So um, let's Boy, that's, that's that's how how the July was. What's that? He said, how was everybody's 4th of July? Yeah, we can start with that because we have, what, like five minutes? That background looks fake, doesn't it? It's mm -hmm. so it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's 
I went paddle boarding today. How's that? We'll, we'll just talk about nothingness for right now. So, um, Casey got, Casey got me a paddle board for Christmas and I was so excited about it. So then Mark asked her to get another one so we could, two of us could go paddle boarding. And you know what? The current here is pretty, pretty strong. And believe me, I am surrounded by some beautiful, beautiful homes and some really fancy fanciness going on around here. But the current was like taking us and Gracie fell in twice. <laughs> Well, and Gracie isn't very, um, well, <laughs> did she buoyant. have her life jacket on? Let's say she's buoyant. Yeah, she's not buoyant at all. She had her life jacket on. Yeah. So she did okay. So Mark can just like pick up the handle on the back and just, whoop, there you are, we're fine. So yeah, but it's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys holding down the fort for us so we can take this, you know, week vacation off. And, uh, as you know, our COVID, uh, situation sort of took away our trip in the fall uh that we were supposed to go to aruba so uh it's been nice to sort of be away and catch up on some sleep and it's been it's been good well you know so as as i was coming in this evening right i was um i've been on the road literally all day since gosh knows what time like 11 so mm -hmm. i got a notification from airbnb and i think they're going to be canceling my trip to savannah Oh no! The South is having like huge spikes right now, so I don't think you want to go there because honestly, when you come back, I'm going to make you quarantine for two weeks. <laughs> well, I'm just going to have some of my bubbly. Okay, uh, the qu quarantine for two weeks at my house in the middle of August. Uh, I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I no, it's really serious. Make gonna... sure the Wi-Fi works at the pool, then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> It's really serious down there. It's really spiking, and I can't wait for Josh to join us again because we were listening to the news here, and I actually get goosebumps every time it happens. Remember last week, Josh told us it was the first day uh, that Massachusetts had gone a day without any deaths from COVID, and um, I heard on the news last night that Massachusetts is one of, like, three states that's actually doing the best with their, like, you know, beating the curve type thing, so... Yeah. Melissa, you've been saying all along, give me one long quarantine versus, you know, testing it and not, and then not like Texas right now is yeah. hugely having some problems. So uh, maybe I'll text Ken, Mary, since you have the in with Ken McCormick, maybe text him, see if he can join us tonight. Cause I'd like to see what's going on locally too. I do have the in with Ken, don't I? Mm -hmm. let's, not say, let's not say that out loud. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Ben, I hope that you had a great 4th of July. I did. It was very local, low-key for sure, but it was a great time all around. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It's good Justin, that you can see, though. That means that you weren't out there, you know, partying. That's right. <laughs> I was up in the balcony watching everybody else blow up their arsenal. <laughs> Which I will say, for what was supposed to be one of the more tame 4th of Julys that we had... Everybody had fireworks this year. It was truly impressive. Mm. Well, yeah, because I think they started preparing pretty early going up to, I mean, I guess if you have a place up in New Hampshire, you could just go on up there and come back down. I also Not that we would ever advocate such a thing, but that is something you could do. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, because that's illegal. And Dustin, I saw a picture of you and your brother, who's, I think it's a twin thing. It must be a twin thing. So I saw... Um, something on Instagram with you and Casey and Mariah and Tyler all in your seersucker bathing suits. So you were... <laughs> a lot of seersucker that weekend. 
Sarasaka weather. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, Dustin, what do you have planned for us for tonight? What's our roundtable looking like while we're waiting here for Josh? And we just want to make sure we give Josh a, the new link, too, just in case. Yep, Barry sent it to him. Perfect. We're going to talk about when the right time to write sizes and... If that's not trademarked already by you, I'll give you the opportunity to <laughs> inform everyone what we mean when we say right size and really just go over trying to figure out when it's the right time to buy a home. Mm -hmm. A lot of the obstacles that come up, questions you may have, and hopefully get a little insight to some things that may seem obvious, may not seem obvious, but what a real estate agent has to say about it, what they see day in and day out with, from people with the same questions. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I know um, you weren't in the office yet, but I checked in this morning with Mary and Melissa and we were just like, hey, we have no idea what the topic is. So we came up with that. Um, I think Mary did. So I think it's a good one. It's very similar to conversation that I had with Alyssa McNamara-Reed on McNamara Money a couple weeks ago. So I know you and Melissa were working on getting that link up for our podcast. It should be up sooner than later. All right, perfect. And um, just to all our listeners, you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable with Sharon McNamara and our broker team here at Boston Connect Real Estate. We have Melissa Wallace, who is uh, busily getting everybody in. We have Mary Baker. We have Dustin Hughes. Um, and we are taking phone calls at the studio, 781 uh, 837-4900 is the studio line. So Ben can sort of pipe you into us and as we're all over the place. And Josh just joined us. So we have uh, state rep Josh Cutler who just joined us. Hello. Uh, sitting at the top of the hill. What do you think of my virtual background? <laughs> that looks like a real background. I'm a little <laughs> jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. It's just <laughs> well, Josh, the truth is, is I wasn't going to let this be my background, but I had to log in as Mark and he doesn't have as many, um, what is it? I, like? I heard you were taking a couple R&R &R days, so you can't fool us, but uh, I'm glad to see it. <laughs> yes, we are here in beautiful Egertown and it is, it is oh, just, wow. yeah. The weather hasn't been great since the 4th of July. It was like overcast and everything, but today the sun popped out. We went paddle boarding. I probably won't be able to move my arms tomorrow, but that's okay. <laughs> so, Good for you. Um, well deserved. Thanks. Mel, you want to take over from here and sort of, I know you guys have been working hard at the agenda and all that, and I'm really, really excited to hear what Josh has to say about gyms and all that other stuff for Phase 3. I got a really exciting um, notification today. It said, Orange Theory Fitness, we are opening, but wait, there's more. <clears throat> So I haven't read the, but wait, there's more. So you Josh still have can to wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> I'll suffocate. <laughs> so Josh, what's going on with phase three? Phase three. Well, hey, good evening, everybody. Great to be to be back on the show. Um, in fact, uh, it's funny you mentioned going to the gym. I'm actually, after as soon as this show ends, I, I booked an appointment to go to, to the Y. I'm going to go to the gym to, for the first time since I believe like probably February, maybe early March. So it's not going to be pretty. So I did it. I did. It, I purposely did it after the show, not before the show, so I could still do the show. Um, but good for you all of you guys that are that are being more more uh, active than me. But um, I will uh, hopefully learn my lesson. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. So phase three. We're now in phase three as of as of uh, yesterday, and so we're seeing um, you know different businesses now able to open, uh, including you know indoor recreation, fitness centers, and gyms, uh, museums. 
aquariums, some outdoor theaters, and uh, some performance venues. Um, we're seeing um, uh, schools, higher ed, uh, a variety of different uh, types of businesses that are now able to open. Um, there are still, there is still going to be a staging to our, our phases. Our, <laughs> as before, our, our phases now have stages, or our stages have phases. Um, and so some of the, you know, the, the larger venues would still be um, not open until till the second half of phase three. But for the bulk of what I just ran over, those should all be open now, uh, including gyms, which I know we're all excited about. (laughs) Sorry. Um, When you say like bigger venues, are you talking about our sports stadiums maybe? Yeah. Didn't I read that like the Red Sox can start playing, but they can't have anybody in the stands? something the actual regulation says uh because i was curious about that too professional sports teams under their authority of the league-wide rules can hold games without spectators so that's correct so the red sox could could have a game you know as long as they're following mlb rules uh without spectators at at Mm. this currently today so we might be able to see the stanley cup happen at some point this year but nobody will be there to be able to celebrate when we win it raises a rhetorical question if no one's there did it really happen you know (laughs) (laughs) i was sort of hoping that they would this they wouldn't play for the stanley cup because i think what happened is the winner would have been whoever was in first place or something like that and that was the bruins so well there you go here's, here's our bruins fan right here well, <laughs> two in studio too. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm personally very excited about the Celtics. I'm a big basketball fan, so looking forward to then diving back into to action. They look pretty good, so we'll see. But <laughs> well, you know, one of the things too, Josh. I mean, we've been talking about you know the stages of going back, and I was actually talking to a couple people here on the vineyard. We were over at the Chappie Beach today. And which sounds really fancy, but it really isn't. But um, there was a younger couple there and they've been there. They've been out here on Chappie since March. They're from New York and they're like, we've been here since March coming back. And um, we were talking about the sports and, you know, I was talking to them about like they couldn't wait to get out of New York. And I was saying how proud I am. I told them about like our conversation with you every week, how proud I am of Massachusetts because not only did you give us that great news last Tuesday, it was the first day with no deaths in Massachusetts, but then I saw in the news last night that I think we're like one of three states that's actually doing the best with sort of staying on track. Is that true? That is true, yeah, that is absolutely true. Uh, we had the new stats out for today, continuing good trends. There were um, uh, the new cases were down to 140 new cases, which is um, obviously way down from where the height uh, there were 15 deaths, but that number is still down uh, overall. And uh, we now have surpassed 1.1 million tests given in wow. the state, so a significant amount. Um, and our positive test ratio is, is, is about 1.9%. So, that, so wow. all the numbers are, you know, are, are, are trending in the right directions, thankfully. But I know, and I'm sorry, girls, I'm just really interested in this. I thought you were on vacation, Sharon. (laughs) I only really wanted to talk to you. I already already warned Dustin to be able to reel us in. (laughs) But um, I heard Texas is like in a terrible, terrible position right now. So what what guidelines, like what what can we learn from them not to be there? Because I don't want to go through this again. Right. That's what I, you know, I, I, you know, I do hear from folks who are frustrated and I, and I totally get the frustrations about some of these regulations and stuff. And what, you know, what I say is, you know, the, the only thing worse than having to go through all this hardship would be to have to do it again or yes. to have to step back. And that is what is happening in, in some of those states where they, 
kind of let loose early and now are seeing the ramifications of that and having to step back and actually, you know, clamp down and add more, uh, you know, restrictions. So we certainly don't want to be in that position and, and knock on wood so far, we ha we're not. Uh, the, the data continues to look good. And I know it's frustrating for folks, but, you know, hopefully um, everybody can see the bigger picture and, and, and um, you know, we are, we are um, heading in the right direction. And the governor, actually, I did see that on the news. I think it was the governor in Texas was saying, like, we, we messed up. We went out too early. You know, yeah. so he sort of owned it. Um, sure. And now, and I know Mel has been saying it since day one. She's like, please just give us a long period of time versus, you know, a shorter time in testing it and then having to go through this all again. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've said this a few times. I went to college in Florida. I have a lot of friends who still live there and they're just, they've been living life like, like nothing, you know, still being able to go to restaurants and not having to wear masks mm -hmm. and not having to, you know, you know, be as cautious as we are with the dividers between everything. And and then, and now they're having to backtrack and, and like, you know, have to go back into their homes and, and stuff like that. And they thought that we were crazy, but you know, we, we're progressing in the right direction. And unfortunately some places are, you know, moving, moving backwards and they're spiking so much. So, yeah. So yeah, I've been saying from the start, you know, I'd rather have one long, you know, sort of, vacation from the hustle and bustle you know of everything and instead of just having to keep going back and forth um you know between no the i think i would cry if we got another quarantine like hey <laughs> hey stay at home yeah if i have we'll to deal with you guys quarantined all over again i don't think i'll make it <laughs> yes you will well, so while we're on such a cheery topic, let me bring us down a notch because the, the governor was was here in, in Plymouth County uh, today. In fact, he visited uh, Plymouth, uh, the Plymouth County Mosquito Control to talk about because COVID wasn't enough to deal with. Now we're talking about triple E. Uh -huh. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't mean to joke around. You know, it is, it, sometimes it's the last thing you can do is to, to, to have a sense of humor. But uh, but no, seriously, triple uh, E is a concern here uh, across Massachusetts and obviously here in Plymouth County and in Bristol County as well. It's a significant issue. And so the governor was down here today talking about Triple E and some of the steps that the state is taking to address Triple E. Um, folks may not be familiar, Triple E, it's Eastern Equine Encephalitis. It's a rare but pretty serious disease that uh, is transmitted by mosquitoes that can affect people of all different ages, but it's particularly um, severe for children under 15. Um, and we've seen uh, last year, usually we see two to three year spikes at one time where it becomes very active. Uh, and we're sort of in one of those spikes right now. Um, we had last year, we had um, 12 human cases of Tripoli and, and we had six deaths, sadly. Uh, and so obviously we want, we want to be very vigilant uh, this year. And so the state um, has already begun uh, with some spraying. Uh, they do it in the evenings so that, so that the, it won't impact uh, other insects like, like bees. Uh, our pollinators, um, and they are going to be launching a, uh, an awareness campaign. That was one of the reasons why the governor was here, was to talk about that, and just to, as a reminder to be, you know, take a lot of precautions and be vigilant about, um, you know, areas where mosquitoes congregate. Because you know, Tripoli is is a. If we didn't have enough to deal with with COVID, now we, we have to stay six feet apart. Oh, <laughs> Gosh, I, I didn't mean to no, be laughing when you started that, but I I walked by the television this morning and it said Governor Baker in the byline addressing coronavirus. And I saw the mosquito stuff, and I said a lot. I go, "Oh my God, the mosquitoes are are spreading coronavirus." <laughs> and I, like, oh. I, I unmuted, and I was like, "All right, that's really." <laughs> I, I wonder if they could though, because like 
I they, mean, it's transmitting they, blood. But yeah. Heard of your first. Transmitting blood. <laughs> If we could somehow get them to like cancel out each other, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You know, well, along I, with the murder, I, the murder hornets, of course. But you know. yeah, where did they go? Like, why did you even introduce them if that was gonna happen? Like, where'd they go? I don't know. The murder hornets kind of fell off the radar, but they're out there. The aliens. Well, I was laying on the beach today reading a book, a like nothing book. It wasn't a book about business, and. I was like, oh my God, a tick, a tick, tick crawling up my arm. I'm like, all right, this is perfect. But with the mosquitoes, um, I knew that something had happened because I, we had the TV on in the boat and I hear Mark go, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, is the boat like sinking? What's going on? He's like, no, now Triple E and the mosquitoes. Like, what's next? But, uh, whatever. Things could be worse, right? <laughs> Don't um, say that. <laughs> yeah, don't say that, please. No, they can't. They really can't. Famous last words. Go knock on something wood. I yeah. don't know what else could The only thing I have on a boat is this. So so with in regard to um, the opening of gyms and things like that, um, what are the what are the regulations going to be? Do you have to wear a mask? I see, like, is it going to have to be six feet apart? What's yep. So, you know, the six feet apart, the check-in, um, you know, like I can tell you just this example of the YMCA, I actually had to make an appointment to, to do it, which was fine. Yeah. It was very easy to do. Yeah. Um, you do not, you don't have to wear a mask while you're exercising if, if you're not able to. If you don't wear a mask, though, they have... Uh, a greater social distance uh, regulation. So it's supposed to be 14 feet instead of, or, I'm sorry, 12 feet instead of six, if you're not able to wear the mask. Um, I know for some folks, you know, that's that's obviously challenging when you're exercising. Um, and, and there's some other additional rules about, you know, cleaning protocols that, that, um, that are fairly granular. Um, but, uh, and, and obviously the occupancy is an issue. So, you know, they're, they're restricting the occupancy to, I believe it's 40%. Um, so, um, if you didn't have enough reasons to want to go to the gym, there's, there's some more good ones, huh? <laughs> I'm just not ready. Not because I don't want to work out. It's just because I, I can't, the thought of being near people sweating, I'm sorry. It's just, it's, I can't, I can't, I mean, I can't, I'm not ready. Maybe face for it. Well, and that's going to be the thing, just like restaurants, it's going to take time. We went to a restaurant for the first time here and um, they were very, very much um, on track, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, except for the first day that we were here. I don't want to get any anyone in trouble, but we sort no of names. came. Yeah, no names, but we had lunch um, at one of the places. They're in the street and everything, and they have all the barriers. They have really pretty barriers here, by the way. They look all like stone. And the girl was talking to us, and she's like, yeah, I just came in from New Jersey. And, um, you know, they asked me if I would work, you know, right away. And I was like, uh, she should be quarantining for two weeks or something. But apparently she wasn't. They didn't take down our phone number, and they didn't take down our name or anything. So I was a little, I don't know. So New Jersey is one of the states who do not have to quarantine from, um, oh, along with the, the, the New York New Jersey and then the New England states. Okay. So. I'm surprised about New York. I wasn't sure if that was just before the fly. Hmm? I'm surprised about New York because I thought that they had a lot of cases there or have I just not been watching the news lately? No, they, they did have a lot of cases, but you know, like Massachusetts, they, they've taken some significant steps to, to bring that under control. And so, you know, based on the, the, the data, the, the experts, uh, they determined that, you know, that, that it was uh, obviously acceptable risk to have folks from New York coming here. And I think also partly because we border New York so that just logistically, you know, for people, maybe it's not, it's not such an issue for folks around here, but if you live in Western Mass, you know, going to New York may be much yeah. more common. And so that might be partly factored into it. 
So that's gosh, I so that's good. Uh, just for our listeners, again, you're on WE, we're on WATV Talk Real Estate with um, our, the broker team here at Boston Connect Real Estate. When you last week had talked about, um, you know, I thought that that was just for the the holiday. So that's no, that's, that's ongoing. Oh, yeah. good. That's great. So that's <laughs> progress. Yep, that is progress. We still don't know. I, I don't know if you followed. There was an, a little bit in the news where uh, the state of Maine. Uh, is not allowing people from Massachusetts to come in without having uh, without a quarantine or without a, a, a negative test. And Governor Baker had had, had uh, asked why that was the case. I'm not sure if we have a definitive answer. They from don't like us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, funny. They wish they were us. <laughs> well, you know, for the history buffs, you know, Maine used to be part of Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't know what why that is. Uh, I'm sure there's some. Um, I'm sure there's a real reason for it. Break up really. But, but That's currently, fun. yeah, if you go into Maine, you're technically supposed to have a negative test or a quarantine. Uh, but we somehow allow people from Maine to come here. So hopefully they'll... they'll oh, I know a few people that, that. snuck over the border this weekend. So <laughs> so do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, Josh, also last week, um, we wanted to give you the opportunity, unless you have something else to update us on, we just want to make sure that everybody knows that there's all kinds of ways that people can vote when uh, the election comes up. In oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, I did want to mention that because um, since our last, since last week, actually, just yesterday, uh, Governor Baker signed into law a bill that we had worked on, and I think we talked about on, on the show um, last week, a couple weeks ago, about voting in November. Uh, and, and in the fall, we have a state primary is September 1st and then our presidential election, uh, November 3rd. And so you will be able to vote in, in one of three ways. You can vote in the traditional show up on election day um, and, and vote uh, and like you normally do. Uh, there'll be some new protocols in place just to be you know a little safer and there'll be a, a streamlined uh, checkout process just to make things easier for our clerks. So that's number one option. Number two, you can early vote which means you go in in person. People may be familiar with this from the last couple of times. You can go in in person uh, during uh, two weeks prior to the general election or one week prior to the state primary. You can just go into your local town hall or wherever they have early voting hours and you can just go in and vote uh, right then and there uh, during regular business hours. So it's, it's easy to do. A lot of folks like that. And then you can also early vote by mail, which is uh, we commonly refer to that as absentee voting, but uh, early vote by mail where a similar process, you, you um, fill out a form, send in a request, and they'll send you the ballot. Um, and then you get to, to vote whenever you like, and you mail it back in, and it's the same process that they go through for you know, counting and verifying the ballots. So you can uh, take any one of those three options, uh, whatever you know, feels best for you, works for you. Um, and so that was something that um, the legislature had to act upon, because I know, you know we heard from a lot of folks who um, you know, were really concerned about heading to the polls in person. I know people who have compromised immune systems or maybe um, people you know, like my mom, Older folks were concerned about that, uh, and so we wanted to present those options. So that that's now law, and uh, folks uh, actually later this month will get in the mail not a ballot, uh, but an app an application for an absentee ballot, which they can fill out if they wish and send it back to their local town clerk, and then their clerk will send them a ballot. And again, that that is there's a process that's involved, and they check your name and your voter registration. So we're not going to just be mailing ballots everywhere, um, but that will be coming to your mailboxes uh, later in July. Uh, so watch for that if you want to vote by mail, uh, vote early, or vote, if you're a traditionalist and want to vote on election day, you can do that too. So <laughs> you've got three different options. Vote often, doesn't, isn't that what they say? I, 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 don't, I, I never say that. <laughs> so you get in trouble when you say <laughs> no. things like that. <laughs> <laughs> you get in trouble for that. No, but I think that that's probably, I'm just thinking as 
you know, they keep on predicting that potentially we're going to have another swing of COVID. And I think that I'm probably going to take that opportunity to make sure that I am all signed up and ready to go. So my question is, if I do take that route, can, but I, I like going to the polls, can I then sort of retract one for the other? You know what I mean? So you can, you could request an absentee ballot and, and I'm not suggesting this because town clerks will yell at me. You could yeah. request an absentee ballot and get it sent to you. And then you could decide not to fill it out and not to return okay. it. And then okay. you can go vote on election day. If you filled it out and returned it uh, and, and the clerks process it then, and you're sort of, you, you've foreclosed that option. But until you actually fill it out, then yes, you could change your mind. Yeah, so I think that's good then. Yeah. I think that that's great because then you have the opportunity in case something does happen that we'll be able to vote. It, and also, I want to make sure that we give yeah. you the opportunity. You've been so great to be with us every week. Um, I know that some um, some uh, PR stuff went out for somebody else who is running and maybe gave some false information or maybe was misinformed that you weren't um, going up for re-election. If you want to talk a little bit about that and let everybody know that you are. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be on the ballot again and running for election. As I said before, I really, I love my job. It's, uh, uh been a, a bit of a different, uh, kind of job this year, but, uh, I still enjoy very much trying to help people and, and solve problems and, and, and craft public policy to help us here on the South shore. So I'm really excited to be back on the ballot. would love to earn everybody's support and, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue to have our our fun conversations here uh, on the show. So thank you for having um And when you hung up last time with us last week, I did say <laughs> to the team, I was just, you know, I know that you've always, you know, I always see you out there. I know that you've done a lot, but I just want to let you know that I just, I'm very impressed with how dedicated you are to our, you know, to our town and to the other two towns that you take care of, um, which is Duxbury and Hanson. Um, and you do, you've just been doing some great, great stuff. And it just seems like, even just the amount of time that you're spending with us, but then I see you with, you know, all of the other things that you've been doing. It's just crazy how much time you are devoting to this. And I just want to say thank you from us and our whole team. Oh yeah, well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh yeah. great, you got my vote. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Any, any idea too who the president of the Democratic, uh, president, the vice president's going to be yet? Do we have any? <laughs> the vice, uh, uh, that's a good question. I, don't, I you know, I don't know. Um, I probably, if I had to bet, I'd probably bet on Kamala Harris, but that's just a guess. I have no, I have no inside information. <laughs> what are you thinking that Dustin? Dustin, were we talking about that? Yeah. yeah, that's who Dustin thinks too. So, uh, maybe we should do it like one of those baby things. Like, well, how much is the baby in a way? It makes me think, I, you know, I wrote down my notes to, for the show. And one of the things I wanted to mention, uh, I don't know if you guys have, have a chance to see it, but Hamilton is out now. And yeah. if you have Disney streaming or, or if you don't, it's worth getting. Um, I watched it uh, again the other night and, uh, you know, talking about politics and the vice presidents and so forth. Um, it's a fantastic show. Have, have any of you guys seen it? I haven't no, seen it. I want to. Yeah. None of you have seen Hamilton? Oh, my, or, oh no, my gosh. I did, okay. I did try to get tickets, but they were impossible to get, obviously. When well, the, now you can watch it on Disney Plus for yeah. whatever $10 a month or whatever it costs and you can cancel right. the next month, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I'm sure some of your listeners on ATD have, have seen it. And uh, if you haven't, I strongly recommend it. It was a fantastic show. And I'm not a musical Broadway kind of person, but I thought it was the best thing I've ever seen, frankly. It That's was awesome. amazing. So how does it work? Well, Do they have like a set time or can you just watch it at any time? Oh, yeah. just It's any, it's just like a Netflix show. Yep. Oh, good. We'll have yeah. to do it Thursday night at the office. We'll invite 10 of our closest friends. <laughs> yeah, it's a little long. So you may want to, you know, it's it's a like probably yeah, three, like hours. Almost three hours or something. Uh, close to it. Um but it goes by quick and it's really well done. And uh, 
it's it's you know it's, it's kind of inspiring too i think you know it, it makes you feel good about uh you know generally speaking but um i, I just thought it was so well done so Look at look at it. We're supporting America right here, right? There you go. You guys are going to be an ad for Zoom at some point with your American flag, like hey. I uh, know. I know. I'm that glad is, that I did this. Yeah. That is very yeah. picturesque. Yes. So, well, thank you again, Josh. Um, again, we will hopefully see you again next week, and I'll be in the studio there, just as happy as I am right now. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I might just take a video of this background so I can play that behind us. And I'll be right here. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Josh. You have a great All right, night. Thanks, everybody. Have fun at the gym. Yeah, I will. Let thanks. We need to go. <laughs> I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, no, take care. Bye. Now I'm terrified. There's no way I'm going into a gym wearing a mask. I mean, I'm, I got I'm upper lip yet. sweat already and I don't even do anything. Okay. <laughs> not like at the very moment, but when I'm wearing a mask and I'm outside. Mary, move your mic. I will say I've seen one thing with the masks that I have questioned a little bit. There you go. Twisted widget. There we go. So we uh, see I've your- seen uh, some ladies who, uh, usual routine with the lipstick still, but then they put on one of those blue medical masks, forgetting all about it. And next thing you know, there's a very strange, oddly lipstick colored space on your mask and it looks very strange i'll say that oh man i'll send you some of my masks (laughs) i've seen some end results not not of yours certainly but i've i've seen some um we'll call them top picks oh yeah i know my masks were marked based on my lipstick in the inside so (laughs) what do we have for time are we um about five minutes until the top of the hour we have a 10 minute or we have a five a, minutes 655 seven, seven, seven o'clock for breaking seven o'clock breaks so we have a couple minutes so dustin do you want to reintroduce what we're talking about tonight before our our break yeah yeah we'll reintroduce so we can get started now obviously finish after break we have a couple of really good articles about really factors to consider trying to figure out if you're ready or not ready to buy a home we'll certainly cover that after and right now we'll start talking about right sizing Sharing the floor is all yours. What is right-sizing? Mary, you guys can take it. I just did so much talking. I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Sharon coined right-sizing. So everybody's heard of the term, we're going to downsize, right? We're going to go from the big four-bedroom colonial into the ranch or um, maybe a 55-plus community, something that's just a little bit easier to maintain. So they continuously call it downsizing. But with um, Sharon, she likes to call it right sizing. And that's kind of we've we've now I feel like it's so ingrained in us whenever anybody (laughs) says, hey, downsizing. We're like, no, it's not. It's not a downer. We call it right sizing because it's never a downer. Um, You're like such a mini me. I swear to God, sometimes I listen to all of you actually talking and you do sound like mini me's. Oh, 100 (laughs) percent. People confuse me on the phone for you all the time. People think my name is Martha. (laughs) They don't confuse me for anyone. They just think I'm Martha. (laughs) Well, one of the reasons why I like the term right-sizing because it's moving. This is the right size for you right now. So, you know, it's not a downer if you're downsizing, right, meaning going to a smaller home. You've been through that chapter in your life where, you know, you had the kids, you brought them through school, you did whatever you needed to do, needed this big home, um, and now you want something a little bit smaller. But you're also right-sizing when you're coming from a rental into your first home. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's some of the conversation, too, that I'm really eager to get into a little bit, too, is is it 
are you better off renting? Are you better off saving? What's the difference there? I don't know if we're, how far we're getting into that because uh, Dustin, I didn't read the articles. I'm not even sure I got them. <laughs> I didn't get my email either. So I asked all of you to watch my email. <laughs> Well, I, I think that's a good point too. And just the way that you just said it, Sharon, there's a lot of different considerations. So obviously this is on a case by case basis, you know, mm -hmm. what's right for one individual isn't necessarily going to be right for the next. But some of the things that I think tonight's point is just to talk about some of the things you should be considering if you're considering selling or if you're considering buying um, in, in today's market, in today's world, because there's a lot of information that's out there and that um, sometimes it's really hard to process, right? You know, especially with everyone has lives they're living and changing homes isn't the only thing that happens. And once you get to that stage, you realize that how much work and effort and thought is going into it that you just a lot of times weren't ready for. Yeah. I think the number one question that everybody has right now is how has COVID impacted the market and this kind of, um, everything that we're going to talk about tonight delves into that, in my opinion. I know it is nice to finally to finally talk about something and there's no there's no avoiding how COVID is affecting it but it's it's good to not have titles that are COVID centered. Oh I I agree. Yeah I think that it definitely is having an impact on people's you know maybe a ability to feel like they can afford something, whether they lost their job, but they've been collecting unemployment mm -hmm. or maybe they still had job security. Um, so I think that maybe it has had a, a affected people, the way that people are thinking about it, not necessarily being able to do it. Um, you know, they might be a little bit more cautious. We had some people, you know, in the beginning of COVID that, you know, had reservations, um, you know, with new construction and they decided not to move forward at that time just because yeah. it was unknown and they just, they didn't know if one day they might not be able to. Um, so, so we'll talk about, you know, the risk is, is the risk worth the reward and, and stuff like that. But um, I think we do have to take our seven o'clock break. Um, is that correct, Ben? That is correct. All right, perfect. So we will be back with Talk Real Estate Roundtable in a few minutes. Marshfield, WMEX Quincy, WBMS Brockton, and Translator W266DA Brockton. This is the South Shores Radio Station, 95.9 FM WATD. Streaming online at 95.9WATD.com and with your smart speaker just by saying play WATD. AP News, I'm Tim McGuire. President Trump hosted an education meeting at the White House today. During that gathering, he called for the reopening of schools this fall. He also claimed opponents to holding classes on school campuses are being political. We don't want people to make political statements or do it for political reasons. They think it's going to be good for them politically, so they keep the schools closed. No way. So we're very much going to put pressure on uh, governors and everybody else to open the schools 
to get them open. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention put out guidance for schools last month, including staggering schedules, spreading out desks, having meals in classrooms instead of the cafeteria, adding physical barriers between bathroom sinks and cleaning and disinfecting surfaces. Bloomington, Indiana activist Vox Booker says he is the victim of a racist attack by a group of white men over the weekend while he and some friends were relaxing at a city lake. I think it's undeniable when a group of white men feel that they can call for a noose, uh, call me nappy-headed, uh, scream out white power, and attempt to lynch a man in broad daylight. A video of the encounter is online. Last night, a woman protesting outside the county courthouse in Bloomington was knocked over, knocked out by a driver who also dragged a man as he drove away. Police are looking for the driver, his passenger, and the men shown in the video. Weather forecasters say the nation will see extreme heat for weeks, if not months. AP science writer Seth Bornstein says heat indexes will be above 100 this weekend and next week as far north as the upper Midwest and into the Great Plains. Some places on Friday, the heat index in much of the south is going to be 105, 105. 107, you know, 110 in places like Phoenix, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and next week is going to be even hotter. This is AP News. Good evening. After a couple of very dry, comfortable days, a change on the way. Tonight will become hazy and muggy, some patches of fog, the low 65. Tomorrow, lots of humidity moving in with more clouds, breaks of hazy sun, a high of 84. It can be a thunder shower, especially as you head out on routes to the west late in the day. And by tomorrow night, quite sultry and sticky. Lows near 70. Thursday, oppressively humid. Some hazy sunshine, very hot. A high 88, closer to 80 toward Cape Cod. Storm along the eastern seaboard will bring tropical downpours the way it looks late Friday into Saturday. And that can cause flooding in places. In the low 80s, still a few showers lingering Sunday with the humidity. For WATD, I'm meteorologist Rob Gilman. Did you know that there are almost 10,000 mutual funds out there? Not to mention almost 2,000 ETFs. And what's an ETF? Given these overwhelming numbers, how do you go about selecting what's appropriate? Hi, this is Alyssa Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. If you're ready to let a professional worry about your investments... Visit us at McNamaraFinancial.com. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. And we are back. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable with Boston Connect Real Estate's broker team. My name is Melissa Wallace, and in studio I have my team members Mary Baker and Dustin Hughes. I'm joined by Zoom, via Zoom, we have Sharon McNamara. Hello, hello. 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 Yes, yes. So, all right, let's get into our topic. Let's just jump in. Remember, right. Dustin, you're supposed to be reeling us in. I'm trying. I'm trying <laughs> Do your <hard>. job here. <laughs> it's an impossible task sometimes. Three women? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we were talking about right sizing before the break. Right sizing is everything, even going from renting to buying. Tough one for a lot of people. And really, kind of our first question is, can you save while renting? I think a lot of people who are renters will say, no, it's impossible. It will never happen. I'll be renting for the rest of my life. Clearly there's a way. So really, how do you save while renting? Um, I think that you don't live outside of your means. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've, 
I've rented. I've, I've clearly I don't own my home. A home. Um, I've always rented. I've lived in places that have really high rents. I've lived in places that don't have high rents. So it's easier to maybe rent somewhere. You know, when I was in college, I had really really dirt cheap rent. Um, you know, and everything was included. And it wasn't the night like it wasn't a nice area in because we were you know we were college students but it wasn't the nicest of everything with the stainless steel and all that stuff that a lot of people really want but I was able to save and you know be able to do other things and move somewhere that was you know nicer that did have you know the nicer stuff in it because you know I, I sort of scaled back a little bit when I knew that I, I needed to save in, in some of those areas. So I think that there's, um, there's ways to do it. You know, you don't, you don't live outside your means. You don't eat out every single night. You don't, you know, buy or purchase things that you, you know, maybe can afford, but Stick wouldn't be able budget, to save right? more. You, you budget, yeah, budget. Yourself, you know, you don't necessarily go into a lot of, you know, credit card debt or anything like that, you know, so Keep things minimal. Yeah, keep things minimal. I think Don't there's stuff to do it. Sorry, here's my thoughts. Don't spend money on things you don't need. Don't spend money you don't have on things you don't need to impress people you don't know. That that's my my two cents on that one. So I think that, you know, for for some you know, you also have to outweigh like what is more important, you know, with these higher rents and things like that. So Dustin, I'm going to use Casey as a really, really good example of this is, you know, she's going to be working at Ropes and Gray. She knows that she's going to be working a lot of long, long, long hours. So to what is the benefit of having an apartment closer to the Prue, right? So, I mean, why don't you answer that question rather than me? I mean, you know the pros and cons. Yeah, it's there. There are so many things that go into the decision you make in terms of where you want to live being close to work. I mean, there's always, you're making concessions somewhere, whether it's with the price and you're paying more or you're saving and living further away. I, one thing to, just, to take into account, I think that I could have used when I started renting and you have your budget and what you want to allocate towards rent, whatever it is from the jump, you need to know that there needs to be some sort of extra saving happening for the potential home buying process, just because it's, once what I think what is so overwhelming for a lot of people is once they are ready to start considering the money that they need to save is being spent elsewhere. So now they are taking a step back of whatever's making them comfortable, the life they live, where their money is being spent. So just having it already ingrained in you that I'm spending X amount on rent, X amount is going to savings and a lot of people combine that together and are paying for rent that they could afford technically, but not if buying a home is the end goal. So basically spending all of that income on rent, on utilities, on furnishing the place and not leaving yourself enough room to be setting aside a good chunk of money every month saving. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, 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 it's just knowing that, which is a very hard thing to tell someone they know I have X amount of money to spend on rent. And I work with rental clients in the city and every single one of them is going right up to that line. So just, if I could tell everyone to save a little bit instead of spending it all on rent, it's the way to do it. It's not as if it's a 401k, you're not getting compound interest and in one you're holding back, but 
it's going to be something. And I th- again, that is the thing. It's a very overwhelming decision because I don't think people are as prepared as they should be. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I do think I agree with that as well. And I do think that it, I think when everybody gets that paycheck, I mean, it's easier said than done. I know because we've been there as well. I mean, I worked at Reebok before I had Casey and Mark's business was just starting. And when things, you know, when I st- ended up staying home to be with the kids, like saving, like it was, there was, there was nothing to save at the end of the day. But I do feel that when, if you do want to own a home at some time, I think it's really important when you get that paycheck to take a portion of that every week and just put it somewhere and if you don't trust yourself with it trust somebody that you trust with it so maybe you give it to you know your parents to hold on to or you give it to your boss to hold on to you give it to somebody and just say you know what there's a bank yeah but you can go to the bank and just take it out you know what I mean so something that isn't easily accessible you know what I mean so let's just I'll use Melissa as an example if Melissa every week said to me, you know what, I would like to save $100 of my paycheck every single week. Will you hold that for me? Of course, I'll hold that. I would probably like open up a joint account with her. You know what I mean? So like she can't get it without me and I can't get it without her, you know, because I would never take her money, obviously. But something that isn't easily touchable because there's always that new shiny thing that's like, you can justify new shiny things in your head every single day. You know what I mean? So up against a process that is so long, it could be years until you're ready. So it's, you see it and you're like, you know, I have so much time. I'll be ready. I'll, I'll get that money back. Mm. You don't. The more you save, the better it will be for your down payment. So mm-hmm. I think it's about being disciplined too. I mean, savings is all about discipline. You know, knowing when to spend your money and knowing yeah and mary and melissa i won't get too personal i mean this is the thing with our team i mean we know each other inside and out here so we know each other really well is i think that the both of you mary and melissa have done a good job of um having to maintain and taking care of yourselves because you you have you know what i mean you know what i mean so you know paying for your own rent and being responsible and you know doing those things you know um you know, everybody's circumstances are a little bit different, you know, but I think that the two of you have done a very good job of being able to do that and stay with your bills. And, you know, I've heard both of you say, well, I'd really like to do that, but I just can't right now, you know? So that shows discipline because it's very easy to pull out a credit card. When Mark and I got engaged, the first thing he did is he took my $1,800 credit card and said, I'm going to pay this off and I never want to see it again. So if we didn't have money to buy something, we did not buy anything. So now it's different with, you know, use American Express, you have to pay it off at the end of the month anyways. But I think that that's a good, just just get with it if you wanna buy a house. Yeah. I totally remember being 26 and not having any credit cards. Like you guys had to force me to open up credit cards so that I could prep myself to buy a house because it was a scary thing for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And we were, I was just all like, I don't know, cash and check. Like I wrote checks up until that point. I don't anymore, but. Now you want to have. I was going to say, yeah. renting gets a bad rap sometimes, but if you're there, it's not a problem. As long as you're saving, there are advantages. Something that comes to mind is, I mean, there's studies out there and I apologize for not having them, but you're going essentially 
switching jobs four times is about the average before you're 32. So when you don't know where you're going to be working in 18 mm-hmm. months, and that's, that weighs heavy on people. It is very difficult to start considering where you're going to make this huge investment. It's where you're going to live. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, being it's flexible. To have parents that you know you could always just lean in on to, right? Yes. <laughs> if yes. things don't work out, like, hey, guess what? We're coming home. You two girls, I'm talking to the two of you as well. <laughs> Melissa, remember at one point when Mary's place wasn't ready when you were moving into Mary's? And I was like, well, the basement's yours. <laughs> the basement. <laughs> and I was like, can I bring my cat? <laughs> Ew, she has a cat. Where's the kitty litter box go? But that is, I mean, that is a huge consideration too, like you said, Dustin, where, you know, if you're not determined to be in a certain place, or if your career hasn't really established itself and you don't know really where you're going, it's really hard to commit to staying. And in my opinion, especially in the market that we're in right now, purchasing a house is not a short-term commitment. It's a long-term commitment. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just to sort of like incorporate, um, you know, you know, keep keeping with the rent and um, with the first article that we were reading, you know, it was the um, what's it called? Six the six factors to consider when you know purchasing a new home, and you know, I feel like they can all relate to to renting as well. I mean, you know, the stability of your financial future. Right now, I think that a lot of people might have been afraid in the beginning of COVID. I know we don't want to talk about that, but you know, their their financial future could have been a factor for them because they didn't know if they were going to keep their job. They didn't know if, you know, their, their job was going to close. I mean, I called the nail salon 12,000 times to make sure that they were open. And, and I even said to them on Friday when I was there, I'm like, I'm so glad that you guys are open. I'm glad that you still have you know your job. <laughs> you know, I'm glad I can get my nails done here. But, you know, you just, they, I'm sure a lot of people are very, you know, concerned about that. And then Mary, you brought it up with, you know, your commitment to staying in one place. I, I am, I'm the type of person that likes to move like every couple of years. I don't, I don't, and I think I might've gotten that from, you know, growing up, you know, my mom is listening so she can attest to this. We moved around a lot. Hi mom. Uh, we moved around a lot. I, I think the longest I ever lived anywhere was maybe four years and I'm 29. So, you know, I, I like to call it nomadic, uh, you know, like, after like a couple nomadic. of years, I sort of get the itch and I'm like, I want to live somewhere else. Like our, it's not so much, I want better things or I want, you know, you know, better appliances or, you know, I want hardwood floors. Like that's not change some, of scenery. I just need a change of scenery. Yeah. So, you know, you, if, if you don't, you know, if you're not committed to staying in one place, you know, and if you purchase a home, is it just your, this is your home for the next couple of years. This isn't your forever home. Like these are factors that you have to consider when looking for a home. And you're sort of like me where you like a change of scenery every couple of years. You know, I don't know if I'll ever be able to sort of settle down in one place forever. I mean, maybe if I found you know, the dream of place. You'd be surprised. Yeah, you're going to say the dream guy. I thought she was too. <laughs> yeah, that's all you for the dream guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let Mac tell you about his family and how his family tree went and the, how, how their willow trees. Go ahead, tell. How the willow trees? Yeah, like your parents. How long well, were they in their house? Uh, they lived in the same house for uh, 70 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
same house for 70, I think it was 72, but 72, 70 years, they lived in the same house. Mark lived at home when we met in 1989. We got married in 1992 and he left his house. No, he didn't even leave his house after we got married because everybody knows my story on WATD that a builder took the $18,000 that we had, we meaning Mark, to put down in a house. So after we got married, we lived with his parents in Hull for three months and saved. We saved, we rolled pennies. I sold suits to consignment shops. I remember my boss at Reebok gave me like a little, um, a little coach wallet. I didn't even know what coach was. And I sold that to a consignment shop just to save $5,000 to have a down payment on the house we are living in now. So we've been there since 92, but growing up for me, I was born in Dorchester in an apartment my parents had. They had the store. So I was there until I was about five. They moved to Randolph until I was in fifth grade. And then the store burnt down. They had to sell the house in order to repair the the, um, store because they didn't have insurance on it. We lived there until I was a junior in high school. Then they went to West Bridgewater. So I have been living in my current home longer than I've ever lived anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you will. You're going to find your dream man. <laughs> when you're talking about saving, whether it's going from renting to buying or you're right-sizing, looking for the bigger house and trying to figure out what, how much you need to save and you want to save longer to buy with more money down, does that time allotted to saving longer really benefit the value when you consider the growth of the market, assuming everything increases you're not declining i well i think that's a tough question only in the sense of um it depends on how much you can save right Mm -hmm. so if you have enough for a down payment and you're only able to save minimally i guess over the next several several months or, or or the length of time you're considering buying i think um the way the market is going and, and market prices are increasing consistently, I would say my jumping off point would be now. But if I was saving a ton of money whilst um, you know something had changed and I was able to recoup a lot of money, my rent might be really good or I might be in a situation like um, in order for Sam and I to be able to purchase the house, I actually moved in with his mother beforehand and saved all of my money in order to be able to save up for a down payment. So that's a situation too. So I took everything, my rent, my, um, I, I was still paying utilities, but they were separate and a quarter or a third of what they were at my apartment. So I was saving a good amount of money, which gave me the ability to, within a year, have the down payment that I want. And that's what we um, use to purchase, right? Mm-hmm. So it all, it all depends. If you're saving a lot of money, I would rather put 20% down on a property and reduce my overall um, mortgage amount month over month, or then, you know, just be, I don't know, have a lesser down payment, but that's just me personally. Cause you just don't know what circumstances, um, would befall you in later months, I guess. Yeah. And that's the difference is too, with you being able to live, th- live there sort of rent free versus having to rent. Because when yeah. I did the show with Alyssa, you know, it's impossible. Like she used this analysis of, you know, paying rent and saving $2,000 a month. I don't see that happening. But even with that analysis that she did after five years and the rate of inflation and where the market is sort of trending, you're not really 
you're saving this amount of money, but the prices of houses have gone up this much. So it's yeah. really saving you a lot. Yeah. So if we're talking about the market right now, we're right sizing from your first home to a larger home. We've talked about inventory being low, over asking price, multiple offers. You're able to sell your house quickly. Where do you go from there with inventory so low? Is it a guaranteed fact you're going to be able to find what you're looking for? No. <laughs> uh, short answer, no. There, there are no guarantees in real estate. Um, inventory being low, it's, it's those secondary homes a lot of the time that it's really, really, the, the inventory is lowest, I think, because the, the first time home buyer houses or the smaller houses maybe um, do tend to go quite quickly because there's so many buyers in there um, that want to live within their means and maybe don't want to like break the budget so much, so, so to speak. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really hard for those people looking for, you know, the colonials or, you know, the higher priced homes to kind of try and find something that's suitable. There's competition even in those ranges where there weren't before. And that could also be discouraging to buyers. I mean, you know, if you're a very particular person and you're looking for something particular, you know, it's a huge financial, you know, decision to make to purchase a home. So, you know, if you don't get everything that you want, are you going to move forward or are you going to wait until you can get something that you want? You know, it, it, but then again, the prices we are seeing that are going up. So, you know, so yeah. can you afford what you want is something that you have to have a conversation. The first step is to see if you can even, what you can afford, you know, and then you can start to look at what is in your price range. And if, you know, what you want is, is sort of in reach in that price range and sort of go from there. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think what you want is going to change. So like, don't kind of agree. Just no, agree no, no. So I don't, I, I do. I just think like, so if I'm saying, all right, right now I have a healthy budget of, you know, $550,000 say, <laughs> and I want, I want this, you know, um, four bedroom colonial in the cul-de-sac and you're not seeing the thing that is absolutely positively perfect. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to save up more money and then I'm going to buy a $600,000 house, you know, a year from now. Well, a year from now, that $550,000 house is going to be worth $600,000 and you're still in the same boat because it's mm -hmm. just, it's almost always out of reach unless something drastically changes for you financially. Um, but then maybe- Yeah, but um, if you buy it at five fifty, sell it a year later for six hundred, don't you think that that's good? No, because I, the cost of doing the move and changing and everything else, and then there's- you're going to buy something else and then there's closing costs and there's everything else. So at the end of the day, is it really beneficial? I don't know. It's all about what people want for their house. Well, so we actually have a client, a really, really awesome client. I'm going to give her a shout out. Um, Shway. So, I mean, she's just amazing. She purchased um, a condo two years ago up in the city. And I remember having conversations with her when she was purchasing that condo saying, you are buying at a high 100 she she um and i know she wouldn't mind me talking about this but she bought you know uh mid fours and two years later she is worried about the state of the economy just thinking you know it's an election year and and where is the market going to be going 
So do I sell now or do I continue to rent it? I'm, I have great renters in there now. I'm making money off of it right now, but what if that doesn't last me, right? Mm-hmm. So we went through everything with her. <laughs> Melissa's getting attacked by an Sorry, ant. There was an ant on my microphone. <laughs> Don't worry, I talked to Ehrlich, Marcus. <laughs> um, but so we went over everything with her and just to say, hey, you know, you actually could get more money for your condo than you purchased it for right now. But after you take into all the into consideration all the costs of selling a mm-hmm. unit, you're going to break even. And you're making money off of it with renters right now. So, I mean, yes, the value has gone up, but Sharon's fam- famous saying, you don't live anywhere for free, right? That's the cost of living somewhere. You know, you're breaking, she was breaking even and she decided not to sell and to continue to rent. And honestly, I think that was probably a really smart choice. I Did I go off on a tangent about renting? Well, I mean, she didn't plan on being a renter um, or a landlord. It was funny you mentioned about kind of the timeliness of people looking to go into the next house and I don't want to say dragging their feet, but taking some time, making sure it's right. And we've talked about in the past weeks, if you are trying to get on the market, you have to be able to fly. You have to be ready to take care of your stuff. You have to be ready to take advantage of what you're seeing Mm -hmm. and kind of moving up. It's the exact opposite with, at least from what I've seen with people right sizing, moving down, a lot are going into in-laws and are we are ready to get out all set good to go we have the in-law lined up or they see some other stuff it, there's less of that need for the the perfect next step is kind of the feedback i'm getting from clients in regards to them trying to right size into something smaller they're happy with they a lot of times they're just trying to get to the right location trying to be closer to family trying to kind of lessen their responsibilities with the larger house yeah it's the location that matters in my opinion you can do anything you want on the interior of a house and you can change it. I mean, as long as it's not structurally falling down. Um, but yeah, you can change anything on the interior. It's about the location. If you love that location, I would personally buy a lesser house and make it what I wanted it to be. Um, and then I get to enjoy it for however long I plan to be there. Then purchase something that I guess is in a subpar location and done probably not to my specific taste and I'm still going to want to change anyway. Yeah, that's what <laughs> just makes this, the second house so difficult. You're looking for that upgrade in the house in the great location and when you have the upgraded house in the great location, you're staying. Yeah. Like you said, less inventory there. I don't think there and is. Mary, I think that's a good point. I think when we work as buyer's agents, I think one of the key factors that we always discuss is location, location, location. And The location is not what we think is the right location, but what is the right location for you? Yeah. So do you live in the city? I mean, do you work in the city and being close to the commuter rail is important to you because you want to be in the suburbs? All right, well, let us find that for you. Do you want to be close to the city so you can like jet in in your car and be there within 15 minutes, but yet you still want the, you know, public transportation. So maybe like that Braintree, Weymouth, Quincy area is a little bit better for you. So that right location is what's right for you, not what's right for us. So that's what we're always looking for, for people. And I think with my career of, I've been doing this almost 20 years, which I I truly cannot believe, is that of all the clients I've had, I have literally talked to people out of buying homes based on what they've told me. Because 
it, and Mary, you're doing it right now. I see you doing it all the time. It's like, wait a second, let's slow down for a minute. I know you are like enamored by the, um, the, the, you know, the stainless steel and the granite, but you told me it was important for you to be within a half hour of the city, or you told me it was important for you to be within 15 minutes of the city. So I think our job as buyers agents and as a team is to keep on track, keep our clients on track because you can go off the rails, no problem at all. It's well, easy. For you. Yeah, especially with the lack of inventory. I think when you get it in your mind that you want to be a homeowner, it's, it's like getting in your mind that you want to be engaged. Haha. -ha. <laughs> um, you can't, you can't like get it out. Right. So it's, it's like this, we try and keep our clients from compromising on what they initially, what they want. You know, there's certain compromises that do have to be made sometimes, but on the big things, the things that matter. So I don't know, like, I, I just feel like it's like a driving force sometimes it's like a train you just can't stop it and you gotta say nope i'm gonna stop you i'm gonna stop yeah, you. and just take Slow time to, to breathe like one thing so for you you guys haven't gone through this but i have so i was in the market in 2004 when the market was like this i'll tell you that's when i was the most anxious when the market has declined i have zero anxiety when the market is like this, I have anxiety because I feel as if people are making decisions based on emotion. And we are seeing so much of that right now. And I just think it doesn't make sense. You can't make a purchase on emotion. I made a purchase on emotion one time. I was in a Ford dealership with two screaming kids and I bought a ugly green Ford Explorer that I hated. Like, you know, I was just like, that was emotional. I was like, get me the hell out of here. I just want something and I want to get out the door. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say Grace. No, oh, Gracie was sort of emotional too, but that was sort of a little bit of alcohol too. But I mean, you know, Mark and I, you know, we bought our house in 1992. We paid 137.5. And I know like people think, oh, wow, look at like, you know, honestly like right now we're on our boat we're vacationing we're in Egertown but it's like we paid $137,500 for our house and it's like we never moved you know I mean I'm sort of grateful that we were busy during those times then it was booming because plumbing was you know was really booming and so was real estate so we didn't even have the time to really think about moving and then with his his roots and his parents living in the same house for 70 years he's just like it doesn't make sense. Like the kids are going to be out of college before you even know it. And look, they are. Yeah. So I'm so glad that we stayed where we were and didn't buy that 500, $600,000, $800,000 house, you know, because we wouldn't be sitting here right now. That's for sure. And the kids came back. <laughs> and then the kids came back. With a boyfriend and a dog. <laughs> so, hey, hey. <laughs> we love them all. And the easiest one of them all, by the way, is the boyfriend. And I've been saying that to everybody. <laughs> everybody That's quite a compliment. <laughs> yeah. How's everything with COVID? I was like, great. You know, Casey's back. Mackenzie's back. Tallulah's back. You know, yeah, I mean, one's with the boyfriend, one's with the dog. And the easiest one of them all is the boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> So one of one point that you just made, Sharon, is um, oh the oh, there was one. Where is it? I'm not going to find it now. Um, no, it's something about like 
one consideration about buying, right, is do you are you, do you have any future expenses that are coming up? So are you planning for a wedding? Are you planning for a baby? Are you planning for something, a big vac- elaborate vacation, I guess? Um, I don't, I guess I don't necessarily agree with that one. And I don't know what everybody else's take is on it. And the reason I say I don't agree is because I guess I'm thinking you should prioritize. So in my mind, prioritizing buying the house keeps the other things. So the wedding and the kids, I mean, you want a home for your kids. So prioritizing being able to do that first and then maybe having the bills for the house keeps the wedding expenses from being so astronomical that you're paying for the wedding before you ever get into a house. But it, does that make sense? Or, or would other people be prioritizing? In my opinion, on a wedding. What? Not even this one. I wanted to elope. He did. I'm eloping. If I ever oh. find, what, what, what was it? The, the perfect, perfect one. The perfect, the perfect guy. guy. The one. Yeah. Yeah, my mother commented on that. She texted me about that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect one. <laughs> oh, the perfect guy and grandkids. Yeah, no. Not <laughs> grandkids. Not yet, Mom. I need her to be running the show. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, obviously I think that, you know, if you want to purchase a home, that should be your biggest financial commitment for a while. Um, you know, home ownership is, is a lot for people who, who it, when it's your first home, you're owning your first home. So, you know, everything about that home is your responsibility. You're no longer renting. So if something breaks, it's your responsibility to fix it. It's not, you know, uh, landlords or anything and everything's going in our house. So, <laughs> so um, Mary and Sam will be, uh, Oh, spending oh, my I, rent money. <laughs> oh, do I know about things going? Oh, uh, we'll have to talk about that. Oh, we just um, bought a new dishwasher. Oh, yep, yep. We bought it yesterday. Um, yeah, because the well, dish it sounded like a seven forty-seven. I think it was about time. Oh yeah, I mean it was a twenty-year-old thing, Kenmore or something like that. But so we got, but it was. It's one of those things where even Sam and I, we knew we were going to have to put a lot of work into a house. So I completely agree that like there's so many things that go into it. But I don't even know that we knew how much was going to go into it. Uh, like okay, so let me just say, say, Mark and I have a little something to say. And now, first of all, you're listening to Talk Real Estate on WATD ninety five point nine. We can get the point out of there, but ninety five nine WATD. And um, I believe that we got um, approval to go until eight because we did um, Josh again. I'm not sure if anybody has any place to go, but if you do, you can leave. So that would be Dustin, Melissa, Mary. Um, and we can do the show with whoever's left. But um, I think that the problem is, is this your generation? So again, I'm not gonna blame you, it's your generation. Um, Rome was not built in a day. So that's the other thing too, is like, I don't you think like it's like everything, like you didn't expect this and that and this and that and it's, but the things that you're doing, like you're doing things, like you're doing a lot right now. Don't you think like with all the yard work and the shed and the addition and, you know, all these other, you, you did the rug, you got new furniture. So like you're doing a lot all at once, but yeah, kind of all you're going to be like, you've already said, you plan on being there a lifetime. 
Oh, yeah. No, and that's, I mean, we've probably, and this sounds crazy, but if anybody knew Sam, I mean, this is something exactly up his aisle. We've prioritized everything that we're doing based on year. (laughs) So like year number one, year number two. But there were things that were unexpected. So no, we didn't plan on getting a dishwasher. Our hot water tank went, we had to get a new hot water tank. There's been issues with the siding. Huh? Thank God on the water heater, by the way. Yes. Yes, thank God. But it's been little things that maybe we didn't anticipate. Um, The shed was falling down. It was, it was rotten. Um, But then we even have an example of life going sideways, right? So the the unanticipated things, like when Mac and I put the pool in, I was pregnant with Casey. And when we put the pool in and the retain, you know how we have to have that retaining wall, Mm -hmm. the retaining wall fell. Oh, I remember you saying that, like somebody almost got yeah. killed. Mark almost got killed. So yeah, that's that's craziness. This is a great point because it's it's something that is a pro of being a renter. Yeah, you do not have to worry about this. And even though it is financial stuff, it it's more than just finances. You are becoming a homeowner, and there is a lot of responsibility and time of of your life that you were spending elsewhere on whatever it was that is now dedicated to this investment of yours. Oh, I yeah, 100% agree. I like like to stay home on the weekends now and do things. Like I plant now. I actually put my hands in dirt. That's a thing. Never thought I was <laughs> going to be that person. Well, could you put your hands in some dirt up at the office? Because I heard our new plants are dying. Oh, are they? Put your hand on the hose. I'm putting too much sun because the ones, the hydrangeas on the side in the shade, they're great. They're beautiful. Oh, Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I was watering them today. I said, "Whoa, I might pick that one because it was nice and plump and blue, and it looked really nice." But the other ones, not so much. We got some nice plump blue ones. We do at the pool. Oh, I don't. All right. So what's our first topic that we're going to discuss here? So to all our WATD listeners, we have just gotten approval from Rob Hakla and Ben Jamin at the studio. So we are going to go until eight. We spent a little more time um, with Josh again, which is great. Josh Cutler, our state rep. So uh, we are going to be able to stay on another half hour so we can continue on with our conversation that we're having here. When is the right time to right size? And the right sizing is what is the right size for you right now? Um, so we're going to continue on with this conversation. You're listening again to Talk Real Estate Roundtable with the McNamara Broker Team from Boston Connect Real Estate. It's me, Sharon McNamara, on vacation right now with my hubby who just went uh, somewhere and um, couldn't be too far. Yeah, he got out of there. <laughs> I started missing the landscaping around the office. He said, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I had my hands in the dirt for two straight weeks. Uh, so we have Mary Baker, Melissa Wallace, and Justin Hughes. And um, again, you can be watching us on Facebook. And um, But primarily, you're listening to us on uh, WATD. If you have any questions, call Ben. He is at the studio, 781-837-4900. We just want to know that somebody's listening. So if somebody wouldn't mind calling in, just giving us a little shout-out and a hello, that would be great. I want to give a shout-out and a hello to Melissa's mom. Hello, mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, she was in Marshalls today and found the shoes I really wanted, but they didn't. Oh, did she really? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Always of me. I think I might be the favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the favorite kid. <laughs> All right. So where are we? I was gonna say, what you need to know 
if you're ready to buy a home, how do you know you're ready? And we've said before, every situation is different. And that could be a prerequisite to every piece of advice that all of us say is, you know, it's different, but there are general feelings, general ideas that should probably be aligned anytime someone's looking to purchase a home. And a lot of things you'll read and they, they sound common sense to some people, but really we want you guys to get to give the, the inside look at that. How does this affect what you're doing as a real estate professional types of different situations you come across? And the first one, you have a stable employment history, being a real estate agent. How have you known that to be true? Well, I think we experienced it in a much different way, probably with, with COVID uh, recently. So, you know, typically you're looking for somebody who's been in the same field, um, for years, several years. And if they've changed careers, they're going to want, um, mortgage companies are going to want those people to be there for, I believe at least two weeks to show some type of employment history. Sharon, correct me if I'm wrong. Two weeks or two years. I think it's two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. So if you're starting a new career, they want, they want, and you're doing, um, if you're a W2 employee, I think it's two weeks. If I'm, was it two months? If you're a W-2 employee and you just started like a new job. So think about all yeah. the people who maybe didn't get furloughed, but they got laid off and they had to find something else. And now yeah. you know, we had who once was a librarian, but now she's going and working, you know, at, at Stop and Shop. Could, yeah. she was in the process of purchasing a house. Could she then work at Stop and Shop for two weeks and hand over her? her it has to be two years. Yeah, I thought it was two, two years. Two consecutive years at a new job? Two consecutive years, unless you're a nurse at Brigham and Women's and then you're going to Beth Israel. Then you'll need pay stubs for a few, but that would be more of a, a Jasmine thing than it would be for like a loan, one of our loan officers. Yeah, well, who's um, listening? No, but you have to be in the same industry for two and years. So it's like, a big one. You could, uh, the job switch is, is one thing, but when you are completely switching and yeah, there's no trace of yeah. that you are progressing or you're going to have a job in two years because you might just switch again. That's when it gets, when it gets sketchy for lenders. Like you just gave the statistic, Dustin, that, you know, by the time you're 32, you've changed jobs four times, you know? And again, even the, the scary part is, is a lot of that is the exact opposite of what people are looking for. A lot of people are switching industries. They are going in unhappy. And I really think a cause of that, I think there are so many great options at colleges, almost to a fault where you can really hone in on a certain concentration or major and it's what you want to do. And it doesn't mean there's going to be jobs doesn't, or it could be too competitive for jobs and doesn't mean you're going to like it. So just a simple job switch all of a sudden on paper is a complete different industry. Mm. It's a difficult thing to gauge. And it's really difficult too when you're a 1099 employee and things like that, you know, and I think like making sure that you're filing your taxes and doing all that. So that might be a show that we can do with Jasmine or Andrew um, Montecone from Leader Bank. We can we can do something with them on what, what you should be considering because, I mean, actually it's a really good show topic because if you think about all the people who are being furloughed and then laid off and we were just talking to somebody who had a boat out here. They were from Marshfield, actually. Well, I wasn't. Mark was talking to them. And he just started a new job this week. So people are switching and moving through all of this. Um, but those are definitely things that you have to take in consideration when you are moving is 
you have to wait the three months to get through the process of buying a house before you can decide to switch your job because people have done that before, you oh. know, and it's like, what do you mean you left your job? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is reassuring. I just glanced again at this list, the top five things I really want you to have locked down if you're considering buying a job or all things that should really go into talking to a loan officer and getting pre-approved, which is always the first thing we say. Yeah, what's the state of your future? What's the, I mean, what is the next, what do the next five years look like for you? And it, yeah. It's unfortunate. It's, it's almost a dreary topic when so much of it is financial and, you know, like there's more about life than money type of thing. But when you're asking a bank to give you six figures, it's nothing but financials. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's scary for people to divulge so much personal information. Um, and also if the, this might be an interesting trend and I have no idea if the two of them even remotely correlate, but if the average age of home buyers is increasing up past, or at least first time home buyers is increasing up past 30 um, and older, then potentially it has something to do with not knowing where they want to be and not knowing what they want to do by the time, you know, they're purchasing their first house. So that's a difficult question to both financially be able to answer as well as um, maybe emotionally be able to answer. Yeah, especially if, if the home buying process and people are starting families, it's you're no longer purchasing that first home right out the gate when you're 22 type of thing and same with having a child. So now these two life events are happening later on in life. And again, it adds to the idea that there are people are getting old and a little anxiety. They, they don't know what they want. They don't know what they need to do or have, nor have they been thinking about it for long stretches of time. That's that. So I'm getting off topic, but that's that book that Sharon gave myself, Mel, Casey, and Mackenzie. That's finding uh, something about the twenties being in the defining decade. Yeah, um, it goes into a lot of conversations about um, the encouragement of our generation to wait to do things. To that you're not supposed to know what you want to do in high school, and you're not supposed to know necessarily. And that it's okay yeah. that mm -hmm. you don't know these things, and that you know you're in your later twenties or getting into your thirties, and you haven't sort of gone through these experiences and it's okay like there, there's no time limit on these things you know there's people in their 50s that are purchasing their first home and I mean how amazing is that mm -hmm. that you know they're they're getting into are you looking at the ant yes I am but I want I keep on like somebody <laughs> purchasing their house for the first time when they're 50 makes me want to say the word like ba you're a oh you're a you're yeah. a bad donkey. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I think we saw, we talked about this last week too. Stephanie Millette was just working with an older couple that just bought their first home. And I think it's, it's great. Exciting. It's so exciting to work with. It's exciting to work with first time home buyers. But one of the things that I love is working with the people that are, that haven't bought a home in 25 years for them to see how different it is. Yeah. What's interesting to me is like, none of them had attorneys back then you know what i mean and now we're like oh no like you need an attorney like you can't do this process alone which is another great show that we can have um one of our attorneys on to talk to us about the importance of you know having an attorney because of all the contingencies mm -hmm. yeah. what else we got yeah okay. we're still we're still talking about you got dusty no but it's it, we did really <laughs> talk about well, what they gave us as two factors in regards to what may prevent you. And again, you're not ready to settle down. It's, it's asking a lot. It's a big commitment. And Mary briefly talked about other expenses. How do you mm -hmm. prioritize what you want to do in your life? 
sorry, I have to interrupt. Mary, we had a situation um, one time um, where we had a house under agreement and then it's like they were great, both loved the house. Like there was no question about the house until they were dating and he found out perhaps maybe that she was... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dating somebody else. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? So those are, like what you just said, is are you committed in a relationship? I mean, we could have a whole show on the pros and cons of buying a house with somebody that you're not married to. That would be a good one with the attorney, by the way. <laughs> oh, the repercussions. Well, it is. I mean, it, there's so many different aspects that go into deciding if you're personally, emotionally, financially, um, even physically ready to purchase a house. Mm -hmm. um, stability is one of probably the biggest because um, whether it's your financial stability, credit, where is that going? That all ties into finances, right? I mean, your credit score is a di direct correlation of your financial health, essentially. Um, your Do all of you guys know your credit score? I probably know mine yeah. off the top of my head. I check it like 12 times a day. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I don't check it 12 times a day. But I'm, I, like every hour, I, I think I get alerts. Checkers now that it's in track. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, I, but that just goes to the emotional ca uh, capacity for somebody to be able to go through this process. I mean, I was not emotionally or financially ready when I was 25. We've worked with clients who were, 22 and 23 when they were purchasing their first house because they were emotionally and financially ready. It is different for every single person. Um, and I don't think there's any right, wrong or indifferent. Like some people too are serial renters. So my mother's never owned a house and it's, well, no, that's not true. She did at one point way back when, but she, she's a serial renter. She likes, she's not, capable of taking care of taking care of and or maintaining a property on her own yeah. so having the ability to have a landlord who's able to fix things yeah. for you and that makes sense yeah i think that's a smart decision on her part actually you know there are people who are like oh why are you even suggesting that i would rent a property after i've mm -hmm. lived in this house for all these years yeah it's all it's all a yeah. personal decision i think that much like a lot of things in life there's a stigma about renting that it, there it's for some reason some people think that it's bad like you just said like you know some people are like why would you ever suggest that I rent it's like well maybe that might be the smart decision for you right now because you can't get into like something that exactly what you want you know so mm -hmm. I think that there's a stigma around renting that you know there's a lot of people who are you know what do you call them? Serial renters? Is that what you call them? Yeah, I call my mother a serial. Serial renters in the city because, I mean, think about purchasing an apartment or a condo or something in the city, I mean, compared to something down here and maybe you don't want to leave the city, so you do rent, yeah. you know, forever. And and that's okay. I mean, you, it's... We do rentals too, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, it's okay. I mean, okay. take out the max max or max rent amount on any search mls zillow whatnot it is very evident that people are renting who could certainly afford to buy a house mm -hmm. when it i mean a lot of money and like you said that also has that. to do with lifestyle too so a lot of people rent for a certain like a particular lifestyle mm -hmm. um so being closer to the city maybe 
they wouldn't be able to afford a condo, but they can't afford to rent. Or maybe they don't, I mean, going back to, they don't know if they're going to be in the city for, you know, the foreseeable future. Yeah. And I mean, maybe there's, I, I know people who have jobs where they have to travel so much out of the mm-hmm. year. That's big. And it's like, you know, it's easier for them to just rent something so they don't have to be responsible for something if when they're not there you know yeah. it might be somebody else that they live with or you know the the um the owner of whatever property that they're property living at you know companies. so it, it has to do with everybody's lifestyle and yeah. what 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 suits their That's a good point too mel is that there are people who have to travel a lot for work so being you know that proximity to logan airport and mm-hmm. you know even down the, you know what's the one providence Private, you know what I mean? So, like, there's, you know, people definitely have to be close to those airports in order to continue doing what they're doing. I bet you a lot of that's going away now. And why didn't we buy Zoom stock? But, um, you know, Mel, do you think anyone's listening to us? I mean, I've given my plea several times for people to call the studio. Do you think you could do that one time for us? Yeah, if you want to call in the studio, I think we have six minutes left, but we'd love to hear from somebody. Please, anybody. Hello? Anybody. I mean, I just want to know somebody's listening. Sometimes I feel like the guys that go back to the, you know, look for the people in the rowboats, for the people who are still in the water from Is the Titanic. They're like, hello? Is anybody else there? I do actually have Tammy on the line. She had a question for you ladies. Perfect. Hello, Tammy. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Duxbury. How are you ladies doing? And gentlemen, how are you? <laughs> how are doing you? well. How are you? Um, nice to okay, talk to you. thank you. You too. Um, I wanted to find out. Um, I was just curious. You guys have great topics as always. And I just wanted to know, um, one of my questions was, what is the actual credit score that you have to have to buy a home? That is a, that is a really good question. Um, it varies. So it varies the loan program, Tammy, um, and that's loan programs are based off of several different factors. Um, it would be a great question for one of our loan officers, but um, oh, you're texting. Um, but some programs you can get in it with you know a 600, I think it's 620, maybe 640 credit score. Um, I believe there are some programs, and you know the loan officers might yell at me for this, but. Um, just under six, depending on um, just depending on the type of program. But it also goes into what's your yearly income, what's your down payment look like. Um, so there's several different factors that kind of all go into one to to say what you qualify for. And I think that this is a great question, Tammy. So thank you so much for asking it because I actually just reached out to um, Jasmine who is one of our loan officers to ask her the question, because I think what's really important to know too is, you know, I don't know where you are in the whole scope of thinking about buying a home maybe one day, or maybe you already do and you're thinking about right sizing in some capacity, but the loan, you know, the credit score is, I just love people who are super, super proactive about um, just being on top of that and asking these types of questions because Mary, you can attest to this, and I don't. We've talked about it openly before. Is your credit score was not great, and it took you how many, how long to get everything back on track? Um, of of really, really working at it, I years, years. I would say a solid three years before I was 
comfortable uh, with my score enough to be able to purchase something. Mm-hmm. Okay, good to know. Okay, yeah, I, well, I just, I'm happy to hear. Yeah, I mean, there's um, something out there for everybody. And the thing that I love about the partners that we work with is they're very much willing to sit down with you and set up a plan for the future um, and say, okay, well, maybe right now isn't the case, which was the case for me. Um, but if we do this, this, and this, you know, if you pay this down or we put a little bit more towards this every month, um, we'll get you there. So I always think that that's important, you know, having a stable plan for what you're going to do. Okay. Thank you so, so much for your time. You guys are awesome. I appreciate your knowledge and the information that you give every week. Thank you oh, for calling, Tammy. Thanks for calling and letting us know You're somebody's right. listening to us. Yeah, definitely. As long as listening, we're all set. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. Thanks. Thank so you too. Take care. Thanks, Tammy. Uh, Tammy brings up such a valid thing is I think that a lot of people are afraid to ask the questions. I love that about our team that we're just so open that I feel like everybody can feel comfortable with us and her credit score could be great. I mean, I don't know. Um, it, it could be terrible. I don't know, but it's one of those things where I love the fact that we're here, that people can just lean in, ask us the questions. If we don't know the answer, then we can just simply ask. We have so many resources at our fingertips Definitely. of people who are so smart in this industry that it's really, it's just awesome. Um, so with Tammy, you know, I don't know what her situation is, um, you know, and you know, maybe she's renting right now. Maybe she's ready to buy. Maybe she owns a house. Maybe she's right-sizing. I don't know what it is, but life happens. So if Tammy is listening and something happened to her credit score, there's a way to get it back on track. And we know the right people to help you get that on track. If Just about credit- one minute left, everybody. Okay, great. But if her credit score is perfect and it's wonderful, and that just means that she's going to have the best opportunities for the best loan pro- programs that are out there. So it's all good news for Tammy. Anyways. All right, Mel, do you <laughs> want to take us out? Or Dustin? Mel, it's all you. <laughs> well, we um, just have under a minute left. We are you know, loving our new roundtable discussion and uh dustin i hope next week you're doing a little bit of a better job keeping us <laughs> in track <laughs> Look at doing the best no. you can <laughs> that's okay that's okay maybe we can continue the discussion next week or or whatever we're, we're doing but if you want to listen to any of our passion what Go ahead. Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to listen to any of our past shows, you can go to talkrealestateroundtable.com. You can go to com and get all of our contact information yeah. there. Um, we are Boston Connect Real Estate on Facebook and Instagram, along with McNamara Broker Team. We're going to hopefully start to do open houses again soon. So we got to talk about that. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll update everybody next week. But thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. You can find us at bossingconnect.com. Bye, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Bye, everyone.